0: Hello, and welcome to the Faith, Health, and Home podcast. Joining me today is Danielle Brown, National President of Jack and Jill of America, to share more about the organization's biennial On the Hill Legislative Summit happening right now in Washington, D.C. She will also share her expert advice on ways to encourage and support youth leadership in our communities. Stay tuned, Faith, Health, and Home is coming up next. Welcome to the Faith, Health, and Home digital podcast. I am your host, Makeba Giles. Here we share information and resources for physical, emotional, and spiritual well-being to help families live an inspired lifestyle and encourage healthy living. Thank you for joining us. Well, Jack and Jill of America is a membership organization of mothers with children ages 2 through 19 dedicated to nurturing future African-American leaders through a variety of civic, educational, health, and social programs inspired by moms. Their Biennial on the Hill Legislative Summit is happening now through September 29th in Washington, D.C. and includes not only an extensive legislative advocacy agenda, but also a gun violence prevention and safety rally and special guest speakers such as Benjamin Crump, James Clark, and many more. Joining me now to share more about the summit and ways to encourage youth leadership in our communities is Danielle Brown, National President of Jack and Jill of America, Inc. Thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Now, first, Danielle, I want to talk more about this amazing summit happening right now. We'll share more about tomorrow's events in a moment, but can you tell us some more about some of the events that have taken place so far?
1: Yes. I mean, first of all, we have over 1,000 of our uh, membership here. We, as you know, our membership is a little close to about 15,000. We represent 40,000 families. And of the thousands that are here, the majority of them are teens. And the idea was to bring them down, as we've done before. This is our seventh, biennial annual uh, legislative weekend. And this is an opportunity for them to understand advocacy at the bare bones. So we bring them in and we teach them how to be advocates. And yesterday, we spent all 1,000 were on the hill. And as we were on the hill, we let our teams do the talking. They talked about three issues that we came here to discuss. One of those is gun violence prevention. The second is equity and education. And the third was voter registration. And what was nice about it was that there was not a parent in the room speaking and so they got the opportunity to speak. Not only did they speak and they were heard, many of the individuals who were senators or congressmen or staffers wanted to go further with our teams and ask them specifics so they could help them with legislation. So we understood that it's not enough for us to speak up about something, it's important for us to take action. So, so far they have gone on the hill. Today, they're at the HBCU experience, so they had the opportunity to come to Howard University and get that experience. And then for the mothers, we had the opportunity to do the color girls, so we've got Donna Brazil and Yolanda Carraway and Lee Dauntree, Reverend Lee Dauntree. And that has been exceptional. I actually, unfortunately, had to leave that, uh, but they are talking about what does it mean to be a color girl and try to get into politics. And more importantly, what you can do for the doors that have been opened and then open additional doors make a way.
0: I love that, and I love how you have events set up for both the teens and the mothers individually. And as you mentioned, one of the highlights, many highlights of this year's summit has been the teens getting the opportunity to meet with those legislators on Capitol Hill, like you said. Now, um, tell us, how can teens be more involved in social advocacy in their own communities, and how parents and schools can support their endeavors?
1: Well, you know, first and foremost, it begins with what is the cause? And, of course, Jack and Jill is about children, and it's getting passionate about that issue and then understanding what that issue is and then determining a couple of things. One, how is it that you want to be able to communicate in your voice? And then, more importantly, what action, what outcomes are you looking for? So with our children, what we teach them is what is the issue? And i said it before, gun violence was one, equity in education, voter registration. Then it became personal. In other words, how has this issue affected you in your life or someone that you know? That's what you speak on. And then more importantly, what is the ask? And when we went to Congress, it was about asking about for certain bills or for them to support certain things in order for us to continue to have that voice. But anybody can do it. And really, all politics is local. So we start locally where they are. And then we ask them to go to their state houses and repeat what they've done here in Congress but to go back because many of these issues can be, forthcoming in those areas in which they live. So that's what we teach them. And I tell any team they have the ability to do that too. Just don't stifle their voice. Every voice should be heard. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Now, um, like you said, this summit has been hosted for seven years now and you mentioned the um, gun violence prevention and safety rally that will feature both the parents and the youth community leaders from across the country coming together. Um, Can you share a little more about everything that will take place at the rally tomorrow, um, as well as the advice that you have for young people to stand firm in their advocacy against social injustice and for gun violence prevention, particularly among their peers, because sometimes that can be a little difficult for teens to do, especially in this day and age.
1: Well, first of all, you're absolutely correct. And you told us a little bit about it, and I'll just expand the virtual reality. uh, Gun violence prevention is for everybody. It will be live streamed on YouTube, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter, and so I'll give an opportunity for anybody to be able to come on. Our color is orange, because that's the color uh, that is for gun violence prevention. So everybody will have that on. We're going to have, again, you mentioned some of the people, James Clark, Benjamin Crump, uh, Tyra Roberts, a Parkland uh, student who's going to come, and she was for the March for Our Lives, That's going to speak to us in reference to what we can do. We know with gun violence that our black children and teens, or 14 times more likely than white children and teens of the same age to die by gun homicide. We also know that that affects them and how they feel about when they're going to school. I can tell you I'm a product of the civil rights from my parents and it started with the youth. It was the youth that went into the Woodrowth and, and sat at those tables and decided that they were going to be in the beginning of that fight. And it's nice to see that our children are as passionate about it as my father was when he watched when he marched on Washington. So I think that they have it, and I think when their conviction is to their people around them is to then, again, make it personal so that they understand how this affects them, why we need to do it now. The uh, the name of our summit is The Time Is Now. The Time Is Right Now. And that is the way our teams talk, it's funny the way I'm talking to you, they're even more passionate when they talk to me. They want it done now. And when they talk to their their, uh, peers, it's the same way. And I haven't yet come across a group of teens who are not as passionate as I am about those things. So much so because I think it affects them differently. When I went to school and maybe when you went to school, I didn't worry about somebody coming in with a gun trying to kill me. I didn't have to worry about going into the store, somebody coming into the Sears and Robux and killing me. These things did not happen. However, They are a reality for them, and that reality scares them so much that they're saying, if you as adults can't make the change, we're going to continue to walk and talk until it gets changed. And that may be until they vote, which is also a voter registration was high on our list. Get them to vote. Continue to vote. Start early because they know that they can be the change and make the difference.
0: Absolutely. And um, I just want to touch upon one thing that you said speaking upon um, the differences between when you went to school or even I went to school versus my children. I just want to share a little brief story with you. Um, I was born and raised in St. Louis with James Clark and the high school that I went to when I attended there, you could just walk right in. It was no problem. I took my children um, who are now ages 25 and 23, I took them back and I have another one who's 17, um, took them to my high school. I just wanted to show them how my high school looked. And when we walked in the door, there were metal detectors. So that lets you know the difference between, like you said, times have indeed changed and that's why that gun violence prevention is so important and so important to help teens to be able to advocate for gun violence prevention in their own communities. So thank you so much for sharing that and hosting this summit as well. Um, Also, like you said about voting, that's important as well. Um, You're having your um, We All Vote session tomorrow where your goal, like you said, is to raise awareness for increasing voting in America. Now, as national president of the nation's oldest African-American family organization, um, can you just share with us in your own words the importance of African-American teens, 18 and older, registering to vote?
1: I'll tell you what my mom used to tell me. If you don't vote, then you can't see change. And she also used to tell me, if you're not going to vote, then don't complain, because every vote counts. And I can't see that any more than my children. I have two children who are over 18, and I instilled that into them early. And I remember when they turned 18, they couldn't wait to vote. And I'm so grateful that I told them at 52 years old, I would voted in every election except one, and that's because I was in labor. So I tell children, you don't have the opportunity, especially African-American children, uh, with everything that's going on with us, sometimes 1965 feels a lot like 2019. In order for us to see change, real change, especially where we're going in the country, they have to vote. So that's what I would tell them
0: perfect advice there and you mentioned your first time voting your children's first time voting and we all remember our first time voting how overwhelming that can feel for us Um, what tips do you have for teens who will be voting for the first time
1: you know first of all you need to know what it is that you're voting for understand your issues and look at the candidates and say do these candidates represent what I what is important to me and the issues that are important to me if it's climate control and you look at them and you say who is for climate control? What will they do? More importantly, hear the plan. But don't still hear the plan, see how they're going to implement the plan. Is there a possibility of that change? And as they begin to look at those politicians, I think it becomes quite clear based on what that politician is standing for. Do they stand with me or are they against me? And depending on what that looks like, then it becomes pretty clear on who they need to vote for.
0: Good advice there, and we know that parents play a huge role in the child's voting process as well. So can you tell us what ways that parents can support their teens before, during, and after voting?
1: I think it's just what I said before. It's really helping them to understand what are politicians standing for, and more importantly, what will they potentially implement. It's interesting that you said that, because I have three children, two of which are of voting age, and it's interesting how the philosophies that I had as a child and the things that I instill with them, that they don't always see eye to eye. But what I am very encouraged by my children is that what they stand for and what it is that they want to see, they are very staunch in their belief. And what I like about that is that they're also asking those questions. And as a parent, that's what you want to instill in your children, ask questions. Just don't take what you read on the internet, particularly since our kids can be influenced so much, Don't have that be the bottom line. Make sure that you get out there, and if you have the opportunity, ask the questions of those politicians. Look them dead in the eye, so that you're able to see from them what it is you believe that they can do
0: absolutely absolutely now we earlier we discussed how teens can increase their leadership roles in their communities and how jjoa plays an integral part in that now we do know we also have teens that are passionate like the ones that you have with you in washington dc right now but there also may be some teens who may feel like my vote doesn't matter so tell us what can the youth leadership um, those teens who are passionate about voting, who are passionate about making a change, what can those teens do to encourage their peers who may not feel the same way to register to vote and to actually go vote?
1: Well, all you have to do is look at the past election, and then you have to look at the election of um, Al Gore and, and Bush, and I remember that, and I was of that age I remember that election like it was yesterday, in the sense that it was just a margin of just a few, a couple thousand, a couple hundred thousand, that if they had voted, it would have changed everything. I mean, look at some of these states, it was only 10,000 votes, 9,000 votes was the difference between that and that last election. And every time I look at a child and they say to me, oh, I don't think I want to vote, I said, you could be the decider. You don't know where your vote will stand, but you'll never know if you don't vote. So you have to vote because your vote has the potential to change. And when it doesn't change and you hear that it was that close, the margin, if you had just voted, imagine what the world would look like today. So that's what I tell kids all the time. And we tell that. And I also tell my children, as I tell the other kids, it's peer-to-peer. Absolutely. Although, you know, sometimes they listen to adults and sometimes they don't. But they do listen to their peers, and I know I've heard my children, you know, overheard them talking to their friends and giving them that spiel. Like, oh, they actually do listen to their mother, but they do tell their (laughs) friends, "Um, hey, we have to make the change. And I have seen something, and I tell them all the time. um, I've been through an awful lot in my life. Donald Trump may be new to them and the politics of where we are and the things that we're going under at the moment. But one of the things I tell them is that... This is an opportunity for you all to have that moment to see that the time is now and that you are our future and the decisions that you make are going to affect our future. And I've seen something in them uh, over the last couple of years and that is this ability of taking on that onus. They feel it and they understand it and I think you're going to be surprised in this election. You're going to see so many more of them come out and they're going to vote. And I think you're going to see them really start to define what those issues are. In the last election, they were kind of getting there, but I'm seeing more and more, not just of the teams of Jack and Jill, but other teams starting to define that. And I think that's going to make a big difference in this election in terms of how people determine who they're and the fact that they're going to vote.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, lastly, Danielle, as we mentioned, all of these highly important issues for today's youth and many more are being addressed at this summit right now. Um, can you share with us how involvement in Jack and Jill of America can play an integral part in youth development, development across the nation?
1: Well, let me tell you, one of the things that I love about Jack and Jill, and I have to say I love about Jack and Jill, I've been in for over 20 years now. and the more I'm in it, the more I love it. And that's one of the things which is the core of who we are, and that is that we really teach leadership skills. So we teach our children, as our edict says in in one of our prayers, to think, to choose, and make decisions. And I think that that has a lot to do with the types of things that they decide to do. We give them responsibility early. We encourage them to uh, run for leadership. We have many opportunities. And then if they don't win, that's okay. We put them on committees. We constantly are challenging them. I have a saying that my grandmother used to say, that parents' job is to get their children comfortable in uncomfortable situations. Jack and Jill does an excellent job of that. But we try to take the same lessons that we do for our children and we give it to all children. We do that through community service and our philanthropy work. So it's not just what we do here, it's what we encourage other children to do. Which is why on Thursday we announced a $2 million gap fund for historically black colleges because we understand that children don't graduate from college for as little as $750. And in our mind that is unacceptable. So we are deciding to put and start putting our walking shoes to make sure that we can make a difference, not just on this side, who children are injecting, but, but children who are not, so that everyone who wants to become a leader, who needs to become a leader, can become a leader. I
0: love it and I love all that Jack and Jill of America does. I wish I would have actually learned about you all sooner with my own with my oldest child. And I just congratulate you on everything you're doing, the summit that's going on right now. Um again, Jack and Jill of America's first ever gun violence prevention rally is tomorrow. From one to three PM Eastern time, and it will also be live streamed, um, just as Danielle said, across YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. So be sure to tune in to that, not just by yourself, but with your family as well on any of those platforms. You can also connect with Jack and Jill Love America on those same outlets across social media. Go ahead and follow them. And lastly, you can learn all about the events, programs, and services Jack and Jill offers, as well as find the nearest chapter of Jack and Jill of America in your area by going to jackandjillinc.org. Thank you so much for joining me today, Danielle. It's been a pleasure. Wish you the best of success for the remaining of the summit and for all the future endeavors of Jack and Jill of America. Envision your brand, event, product, or service advertised right here in this space. For more information, please email us at salesinfo at faithhealthandhome.com. Thank you for tuning in to the Faith, Health, and Home digital podcast. For transcripts of this episode and others, visit our website at faithhealthandhome.com. You can also subscribe to our podcast and be sure to connect with us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Thank you for tuning in.